today on the Go for Bronze podcast. Ace and Yoel dive into the unexpected cancellation of E3 2023 and talk about what it means for the gaming industry. They also discuss their thoughts on some upcoming Resident Evil 4 content, Atari's acquisition of Night Dive Studios. Stolen my dreams. No, technically they acquired it. And the DualSense Edge's iOS support for all that and more. Here are the guys. Hello and welcome to Go for Bronze episode 24. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me, my lovely co-host, Marques Acevedo. Lovely, with a flower in my ear. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Lovely. How are, you, how are you doing this week, sir? How are you holding up? I'm doing good. I'm doing... I'm extremely busy with work. I'm doing my... Getting into the the time where I'll be doing overtime regularly and picking up a lot of responsibilities. But in terms of gaming-related things, I'm doing very good. We had a fresh new release on Friday, and that's been excellent. Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil has been been cooking in these streets. It's yeah. been it's been a long time since a game has had unanimous love like this. Like critics love it, players love it. I really haven't heard anybody complain about it too much. No, I think when we when it first came out, I told you that you know I stayed up until midnight, really excited, had the pre order, and then the day that it came out, I was able to get a nice chunk in, and I wasn't. I don't want to say I was negative, but maybe a little bit hesitant, but only because I had played the first half of the game so many times that it was hard to get really excited. But as soon as I got to a certain point, I was like, yeah, this shit is incredible. And it hasn't stopped being incredible. And it's just, it's very good. Very, very fun. Well, we'll get more into that later on in the show when we talk about what we've been playing. I don't want to jump the, jump the gun there. And you just so, get excited, uh, you know? It is exciting. It's very exciting. It's the last. It's I haven't I haven't remembered a game having this much hype and living up to it in a long time. So it is very exciting. Yeah, definitely. But uh, here in your little banter notes, you have artificial intelligence enters the industry. That will also oh, be no, that's later. Not, my Go bad. Early. Read, We're all getting excited. Wow. It's okay. We're, We're all getting so excited. excited. My bad. <laughs> you enjoy more music. Tell us about the music. You have been sharing a lot of music on IG. Yeah, very no, so cool just, album art colors are great like F- fantastic i uh, i just yeah so music i mean always trying to listen to more and new stuff me and joel listen to a lot of stuff that's kind of similar and so there's a band that we like that we might have talked about before on the show called hippocampus and they have released a song from their new ep that was like kind of country-ish and then they released another song called yippee kaye that yippee kaye song i actually really like so now you like it? I remember when you first heard it, you were like, eh. I did. I heard it one time, but there are songs that grow. There are songs that don't. No, there are definitely songs that grow. You're the making a little wishy-washy just, symbol, No, I'm saying but, the flip-flop. The flip-flop. Well, you can have changing opinions. <laughs> I know, but it's just funny. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, we're, not, we're not having a good time. <laughs> anyway, so other stuff I was listening to was some 60s stuff. I like the zombies, so I was listening to some of that. Um, tell her no specifically is the song i was listening to and then queens of the stone age really really good and then some concert related stuff here in the state that we live in i saw megadeth is going to be here in summertime which i'm actually kind of interested in like festival or like like uh, like just them that's yeah and then also smashing pumpkins is playing in august i don't really care to see them but interpol is playing with them and i would fucking love to see interpol live (laughs) where are they playing at 
Uh, Mid Florida Credit Amphitheater Union. Oh, whatever that's the where you saw um, uh, KG Elephant. Right? Yes, I think that so. Place. That's I, cool. I've never been there. there. I want it's to a go nice there. venue. Yeah, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah, but I saw that, and then oh, yeah, I was just excited for that. Looked at what their what setlist Interpol has been playing, and there are a couple of songs on there that like would just be kind of like bucket list checklist to see. So mm-hmm. maybe that. Who knows? And then I was uh, streaming Rock Band the other night, so if somebody okay, wanted to shit. see that, yeah, that was fun too. Were you doing it with the camera and everything? Absolutely. Camera on, <laughs> lights on. I was dancing. I was getting into it. And let the folks know where they can see all that. Yeah, you can see that at my personal Twitch is called Ace Nighthawk. And then you can also find our Twitch at the Gopher Bronze Pod Twitch channel. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But so yeah. we stream from both, and you can find beautiful links to it almost anywhere. You go on our Instagram, you can find the link tree. If you go to either our personal Instagram accounts, you can find uh, everything linked. Everything is linked nice together. should be nice and easy for you to find. Yeah, and we try to stream at least once a, once a month on the Go for Bronze channel. I definitely think this month, I mean, this might be jumping the, jumping the gun again, but I do think this month we should probably try to stream the uh, last maker or the make, whatever the fuck yeah, that game is your maker? Yeah, no, I agree. Meet I mean, it, it, more streams, I think that'd be a fun one. More streams is never going to hurt. Exactly. So I think that might be it, the next one I want to do because that's a game that I don't think I would play outside of like streaming it but it still seems like it'd be fun. Like I like, I could take a good excuse for me to play it. Cause right now there's a lot of single player shit that I'm just like, I just want to like dive deep into get no, deep totally. into that single player. I mean, shit, but. This could be jumping. Well, not even jumping it, but I mean, if we're being honest next month, meet your maker would be cool. And then honestly, if dead Island is good, that'd be a fun stream. Cause it's not Ooh. something that that's not something I'm going to care about. Like the story per se. So that would be an easy, like just have fun with it kind of game. 1000%. 1000%. Oh my gosh. I forgot to tell you. This is a tangent, but I got fucked. So remember how I said I was going to buy oh, Dead Island? Tangent. <laughs> I got fucked. But yeah, no, I was told you I was going to buy Dead Island 2 because I had the whole like Sony PlayStation cards for my job for employee appreciation. I saved up, you know, had $73 saved up perfectly for this, lined it up, planned it perfectly. And I got fucked like I always do when I have cr- like a, a balance in my like wallet. Uh, my PlayStation Plus renewed and I got charged for $50 for premium for three months. And I was like, motherfucker. So now I think I'm going to have to burn it in the spring sale because there's a few things I see on the spring sale that are in that $20 range. And then now Dead Island 2 is a, is a maybe. Because I definitely want What are we looking at in the spring sale? So I'll, you want to get into it. The spring sale, by the way, going on a PlayStation store. It, it has a few goodies on there, but I was looking at L.A. Noir. Never mm-hmm. played it. Love Rockstar. I love Rockstar outside of everything uh, like GTA because those are my favorite Rockstar games. I don't think I'm really that big of a GTA fan. But um, so I always want to play that. That's a cult classic. And then also Dead I- uh not Dead Iron, Diablo 2, but not the regular edition, like the, you know, premium edition. And Diablo 2, mm-hmm. the premium edition that's $20 comes with Diablo 3 fucking big brain twenty dollars two games i mean that is big brain i actually didn't know that and i just want to mention this because i don't have it written but this is just something to kind of throw in there did you see that diablo 4 was set to have a like xbox limited edition bundle to come out with it i wonder if they thought like the deal would be done like already doing Uh, that wow i mean 
so yeah, I, I could assume they would want that deal probably done so that lines up, but it also could be just like, you know, a pay just a regular marketing, marketing thing, but deal. it probably was like, you're probably like, we're going to be future partners. So let's already start collaborating. Maybe kind of thing, maybe kind of thing. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think Activision will, I mean, but they're openly still promoting PlayStation through call of duty, which I, I think that's more a PlayStation being like, you got better fucking do this still. Yeah. And I, I, I think that those deals are probably written up in an, at the moment, an IP basis. Like, so Diablo would be kind of separate from that, but even for Diablo, I haven't seen anything that was specifically Xbox marketing at the moment. And mm-hmm. I, do, and so I guess it's just kind of like interesting to hear of like, they probably did have things written up that they had in the pipeline, but this is so long that that hasn't happened. Of course, for anyone listening, Diablo is kind of in the news, not only because uh, Joel was looking at this spring sale, but because <laughs> Diablo 4 had an open beta that had just kind of, uh, that's going on or had just uh, finished recently and people are really high on it. And then that is supposed to come out in June. So it would be something that would be like that console would be something that would be coming out sometime soon. Yeah, but let me get back into what I've been looking at the store. So then we also, we always have the, the carrot dangling in front of us. Last was part one. It's, not, it's down to $50. Not a terrible price, but I don't know if it's necessarily the best price, especially with so many games that I want to play. I don't know how I feel about dropping 50 bones on it. And then obviously the other one is uh, Marvel Midnight's is at $35. That's a nice little cheap price there. If you want to get into that, that's an excellent game. Um, this I'm just scrolling through this thing and I see now Seafood's $23. I would recommend it. Mark would obviously recommend it. Highly. I'm just saying. Heads, and just heads up they just uh, released an update that gave new arenas, and one of the arenas is a reference to a like classic fight scene in Matrix Two, and I'm really excited Ooh. to play that just to see it. That's cool. That's I cool. don't think Wait. that I I know that I wonder. So so Joe, I, I wonder if you'll know this just by me saying it, not to spoil anything for Joel. But do you remember the fight scene in Matrix that's in like the center of the apartments? There's a lot of people being fought. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Very iconic yeah. scene. Yeah. Very iconic scene. That's all I had to say. So that's just. Oh, this is also man. for me to be like, Joel, you just need to watch these movies. At least the I first one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Next whoa, time me whoa. and Pam sit to watch movies, I will make The Matrix one of Joel the Joel has the not world. seen The Matrix? He has never no, seen the original. Yeah, Matrix. you should fix but that. I, but I, I read the philosophy that it's based off of Plato's no, 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 no. That, that's different than watching the movie. It but is I know, the, I know the philosophy behind the movie. So it's it like does, that part doesn't matter. You got what I'm saying is I'm the movies are okay. visually very cool. It. I'm above it. Thank you, Mark gets it. I'm oh. above it. Mark knows where Mark knows my stance. I'm You're above a, everything until I accept it. Now, like, yeah. <laughs> then I bring it up with. Me. I was 16 <laughs> when the first one came out. And those, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, uh, you know, I mean, I just, I just quit the Navy, gone AWOL. <laughs> um, I was 16 when those movies came out. The special effects were just like so unreal. I went into that movie not having any idea what it was about. I had not watched the trailer. I had never heard of it. It was a mind bending experience. Absolute classic. I bet, I, I bet it is, but, um, there's nothing much else in the store. Those just those three games on there, but I have not seen The Matrix. I will definitely make that a priority to watch. Um, fucking Sifu is fantastic. I, I think it has a lot of references to movies because I know you told me that one of them was from Old Boy in the very beginning, which I didn't know it was also from that movie because I haven't seen that. But yep. that was like a cool moment in the game. Definitely cool. That that's one of those little bit more obscure ones though, for sure. Something okay. that I just noticed though, and I was like, oh, like that. I I would argue that scene 
is about as famous as the movie is in in its entirety. I think there's okay. a lot of people that know that scene but haven't maybe seen the entire movie. But that spring sale looked nice, and I mean, the you saying the thing with the Diablo two and getting Diablo three included. I mean, that's just that's just smart. That's just being a smart consumer. I'm just trying to be a smart consumer, so that may be where we lead. Just because now Dead Island two is very much in question because it is a it's a full seventy seventy dollar trip, you know. And yeah. I mean, one of us will pull the trigger. We know it, and 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 every game is free anyway. So let's just be every honest. Game is- let's just be honest with ourselves. Now, similar to what happened to you, I actually know that uh, PlayStation sent me an email telling me that my Plus will also be renewed this month. But I do it on a twelve-year basis at the max, so mm-hmm. it'll be like one fifty or one sixty. So. Okay fucking big baller out here at least i know that it's that it's coming because getting the playstation plus renewal when you're not ready for it sucks it does suck but i did notice you did get uh playstation stars points towards that coin so because i looked at my that's how i actually realized it because i looked at my stars thing which will tie into actually what we're going to talk into later um i looked at my stars thing and i was like oh i have more coins and i thought maybe it was because i made another purchase that like it was connected and gave me coins but then i looked and it was fucking my plus mine has been speaking about speaking about playstation stars mine has been a little glitchy i keep getting a notification on my phone that i've earned 50 points for subscribing to ea play for a month but i've Mm -hmm. checked and i get the notification once a day for the past three or four days but i have not been charged for ea play nor do those points exist when I go into the actual PlayStation app and go to the point breakdown. So noticing some kind of hiccup issue there, but I haven't really noticed anything else. But what you have here that you're wondering if it's worth it to be a level four PlayStation Stars member. What is that referring to? So um, I sent a, I sent an image in the group chat. I was on PlayStation customer service line or like the chat bot. And it sent you a lovely message, and it made me feel proud of being a PlayStation Stars Level 4 member because it said, thank you for joining the PlayStation Stars program. Congratulations for achieving Level 4. How can I help you today? And I was like, oh, shit, I'm Level 4. They're going to fix my problem super quick. Um, so, uh, big big announcement. I purchased a PlayStation VR 2. Woo! <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I pulled the trigger on that as a... I hit some personal finance goals and then I also had a three this for March for us to get paid every two weeks. This month is a three week paycheck month or three month, three paycheck month. And then also, you know, got the tax return coming on in. So then I was like, you know what? I, I deserve it. And work's been kicking my ass. I was like, I don't want a PlayStation VR. So I purchased it. And then as I was checking out, I noticed Oh, I noticed this later, but it said, oh, uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you get express shipping for free. You don't even have to pay for it. Not that, and I selected standard shipping when I first made the purchase because I wasn't aware of that. Then I log on to my PlayStation uh, account and then go on my, like, on my desktop and then talk to the chatbot. And they greet me with the lovely message congratulating me on my level four status. All this to say, we go back and forth. I'm like, hey, hook me up. I'm, I'm, I fucking bought a PSVR 2. Uh, nobody's fucking buying that shit apparently because there's some reports that are underwhelming sales and there's actually a question to talking about it later in the show and then I'm PlayStation level 4 like come on I'm devoted to this I got 70 Platinums they gotta fix this so now my dilemma is is do I cancel my current PlayStation VR order 
which has standard shipping, and then repurchase it with the Express PlayStation Plus free shipping. Like, what's going to get it to me quicker? Like, the processing and all that stuff. And also, it's the end of the week, so I'm kind of fucked there. Fucking Saturday and Sunday are shot. Let's get some details here, right? Let's let's just get it all on the table. So, standard shipping, what you currently have, what is that looking like? What is they the estimate that they gave you? They said four business days, which isn't bad. What is express shipping? <laughs> express shipping, I believe, is like two. It's two to three days. You got it. You, you can think hold I that. Keep I, it? I think I think if you cancel it at this point, it's going to make it longer. It, it would at, at at the minimum, it's going to add at least a day for them to process and switch it because they're mm-hmm. probably not going to do it today or tomorrow, and they're not going to do it Sunday. So Monday, they'll probably cancel it, and even if you do redo it, they probably won't ship it out until late Monday or Tuesday. And by that point, you might be better off just waiting because them saying business days that could be that could also include Saturday. Saturday, chime in here. Okay, I got to chime in here with with with, with my sage advice. I think you should stick with it this way. If you try to take over and make it go faster, somehow the universe will force you to wait longer somehow. And if you wait right now, anyway, you get to experience the, the whole best part is, is right when it gets here and that whole lead up to that. So I get some, once I get it, I'm going to be disappointed. Once well, you get no, it, you're but, just going to be motion. Exactly. Everywhere. There's yeah, a 30 yeah, day okay. return policy. So um, if it is, if it does, if my brain does not work <laughs> with can, it, I'm returning it. Before you, you return it, for it a new computer. <laughs> before, before you return it, let's all have a go on the Logitech and Gran Turismo with it first. Yeah, we're going to run extension cords out to the passenger seat of the car. Yeah, that way we can have proper seating. No, yep. yeah, that, I'm super excited already. to play Gran Turismo and Resident Evil and No Man's Sky and stuff like that. Call of the Mountain, I'm kind of like, kind of like lukewarm on it. Just like Horizon as a whole, you know, it's just not a Horizon's not hitting right now at the moment for some reason. Horizon never did. It's good. Some it's may a good say game. it never did. I think it is a, and this is coming from after just recently finishing Zero Dawn and Frozen Wilds. I think it is a very good game. I'm excited to play Forbidden West and Burning Shores. I just don't think it's anything better than very good. I mean, yeah, I. I see that now playing it in 2023, but I think at the time it was a great game and Fair. it just kind of kind of aged poorly. You know, technology shit happens real quick. That's true. Shit does happen real quick. So you can get the, you can get old real quick. I mean, we all do. We exactly. all are. But the VR is exciting. It's an exciting it very announcement. Exciting. It's very, I'm super excited about it. I made the purchase while at lunch today after getting my shit split. I was like, I need something to make me happy. And I was I knew I was gonna buy it. So I was like, let me just do it right now. And then I'm hoping to have it by like next Wednesday, next Thursday. So maybe I can get like a day in before we record and then talk about it here. Yeah, I think that sounds good. I think I think four business days ordered today at lunchtime, you should have it by Wednesday. Yeah, so that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just you, really excited. I feel like a little kid. Do you know what carrier service it's going to be coming on? Not yet, because they haven't had like the shipping or the tracking thing okay. made yet. Also important, because as as I've you know spoken on the show, I've been getting it back into basketball cards. I've had to ship stuff, receive cards, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and so. You know, you just need to know the difference between like UPS tracking, USPS tracking, fucking FedEx, like just what because 
four days can be completely different depending on what service is providing your tracking. It could be great or it could be fucking excruciating where you get something that says it's out for delivery at 7 a.m. and then they don't actually deliver it that day. It's just That's the worst. I fucking hate that. Damn, dude. Now, now I mean, it's Am- just going to piss me off. Now I'm going to be like Amazon clicking my notifications. Amazon, dude, Amazon fucked regular like business up. I mean, obviously they're a conglomerate and, you know, death to corporations and all that shit. But Amazon really fucked the game up because if I could buy anything on Amazon, even if it's it could. It honestly could be a little bit more. I think I'd still buy it on Amazon just because I know it will be there in two days. Yeah, that's true. Did you see that shit that Jeffy B built like a clock underground that's supposed to like last longer than we will? That's good. That's that's what he should be putting his money towards. So that's I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but the VR is exciting. VR is exciting for sure. But we we always have to we have to show both sides here. And we did have a listener write in about VR. Just underscore fig wrote Howdy, gents. How do you guys feel about PSVR 2 with it reportedly off to an underwhelming launch with the majority of the launch titles playable on a rival headset? Is PSVR 2 going to have the same fate as the Vita? Keep on the excellent work. And Mark Ace is my favorite. Oh, wow. A trend. I like it. Keeping it uh, appreciate all the love. We're I eventually think- going to get shirts that say Mark Ace is, our, is my favorite absolutely i I, at least answering the second simple part of that question i don't think it will suffer the same fate as the vita because i almost feel like it getting i mean the fact that there is a second one anyway already makes me feel like it's different now i know that the an argument could be made for the vita being the successor to psp but i still feel like it's different somehow but i don't see the vr even if the vr doesn't sell to what they thought it would i don't I don't see them like just completely stopping with it. Okay. And I think that many of these doubts and worries came from a Bloomberg article that reported that the sales were underwhelming and that it sold around 270,000 units by the end of March. So like a little bit around a month and a half on the market, it sold under 300,000 when they were expecting uh, it to be hitting about 2 million around the same time. And um, I forgot what was it. The IDC's vice president of data of data and analytics, Francis Geronimo, uh, told Bloomberg that he su- he suspects a PS VR two price cut to avoid a complete disaster of their new product. Yes, so, I obviously hyperbolic language. I'm, I'm, I'll let you go in two seconds. I, I believe I think it's hyperbolic language. Obviously, it's media. You got to grab eyeballs. Negativity always grabs eyeballs. But I do kind of feel like I feel like PSVR two came out and nobody really mentioned it. I'm excited about it because it. I, I look at PSVR two as more of like a, it's going to be additive to games that I already own, as to like playing purely just VR only experiences. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that I, I think that. I, in terms of even when the first vr came out i didn't feel like i heard that much about it then but at least this time around even me and you are considering it when i don't think either of us were that interested even with the first one i think yeah the first one just looked a little art it the first one looked like it was a fucking miracle that it worked because it was using move controllers from the playstation 3 era so i think that that's really what turned me off where it's like the technology looks very like uh like it was made with like shoestring and like gum and gum stick together. It's like barely hanging on there. The and box that shit is sweaty. And that shit is sweaty. 
And this one has a fan in the in the in the headset that cools you off. Amazing. I'm excited. I think, I think that one thing I wanted to say from an analytical perspective is I don't think that it is even if it's something that undersells to what they expected, I don't think it is going to be seen as a total failure to them in the sense that while there are other competitor VR headsets on the market, Nintendo or Xbox don't have one and mm-hmm. that is their main competition, so I don't feel like they will scrap it too early whereas i could see from a handheld perspective like you can't go up against nintendo so like you shouldn't be trying to compete against that but i think that vr stands out as like a nice application for for console people to get in because i wouldn't be hopping in to get like another vr headset oh no this would be the only vr headset i would purchase yes i i think that to some degree they must have some stats to show that that is a sentiment that people have Mm -hmm. and so it's still worth doing it and keeping it like alive yeah definitely and i also i think playstation vr problem is like a sony problem like our playstation problem like both sides like for playstation 5 and playstation vr 2 where we just don't know any of the games for either platform so that's kind of like i feel like people are throwing that on the PlayStation VR 2 when that's a Sony-wide issue as opposed to just a VR-specific issue where we just don't really know the future of Sony's games as a whole. So whenever we get this mythical showcase and it comes out, and if there's no VR 2 mentioning of like new titles or anything from like first-party aspects and support, then I think concerns should be raised. But at right now, at the moment, I think it's a, it's a softer launch than people would expect. I think Horizon Call of the Mountain didn't hit as well as they wanted it to, but I think overall it's really good. And I think Gran Turismo 7 is probably like the star of the VR. And everybody's played that game. I, I haven't heard one negative thing about it. And you are going to get Resident Evil 4 later in the year. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about too. I was like, fuck it. I can't wait to play Resident Evil 4 in this shit. Yeah. And I know that we've talked about before. One of the things that might not seem the best is that a lot of the best titles that people are excited for are titles that already exist in another perspective. But I didn't look at it from this way before but i've somewhat cooled off on that being a negative in the sense that the games that we're most excited for right now a lot of the times are remakes anyway so does that really matter that much yeah that's a fair point too and i think it's the vr supposed to be just a perspective thing so it should be able to flow in between games and i think games should be kind of hybrid if they're being obviously supported in that way like like gran turismo resident evil village is already on vr4 will be eventually on vr no man's sky no man's sky in vr sounds fucking awesome it does i agree like i'm really excited about playing so yeah i'm I'm, i am excited i obviously come back with feedback i don't know what games i want to buy yet specifically for it i may save up that little extra playstation cash now that got burned through instead of buying like a flat screen game maybe i might get something for vr i do want to play pavlov yeah, but I know that's yeah, definitely. That that sounds like a very fun one to try. But now I now I want you to have a headset so we can play Pavlov that's, together. That's what I was gonna say, is I was gonna <laughs> say that that's that's multiplayer, but I didn't want to be, you know, putting any kind of damper on it because yeah. it just seems fun. But I mean, I would like a headset too. I probably would not be getting I, I would say probably summertime. Yeah, summertime is up. when I, summertime is when I'm thinking that it will appear. One way or another, you know, maybe yeah. maybe I can shake a couple of cups. Maybe <laughs> just beg everyone to all pitch in towards the same thing. But yeah, I think when I get it, I will be excited for it. And then at the moment, 
It'll be fun for all, all of us to use the wheel, play Grand Turismo 7. And now looking more so towards the future of what is going to be available, we know that we talked about on the show that Tony Todd from Spider-Man 2 was talking about how that game is going to have some massive publicity starting in August. And so we're trying to guess kind of, you know, when do we think that PlayStation is going to have their showcase? The one thing I will say is whenever they do have their next showcase, I hope that VR, if it is a part of it, I hope it's only a small part. Now I want it to be a big part. Now I'm, I'm, well, I would, I'm, I would like I'm them it. to just do a separate one. It's not that I don't want to hear about it. It's just that so, I don't want them to do a big showcase. And then I, I see I, what you're saying, but they can't do that because I think that's automatically like demoting VR. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do see what you're saying. So I see what you're saying where you don't want it to dominate. So if it's. If the showcase, in my mind, the showcase should probably be like around like an hour, an hour 15, 20 to 30 minutes of that VR, 40 to 50 minutes of regular shit, I think is perfect. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fine. I think that I think that's good because I agree. I don't it shouldn't dominate because obviously there's not that many games coming to the platform anyways. Mm-hmm. Honestly, dude. If Half-Life Alex comes to this thing, I'd be so fucking excited. That's the one yeah. game that I do want to play. Obviously, it's not available. It's a Steam game or Valve made game, but they're not they're not too uh they don't clutch their pearls with keeping their games on their consoles. They like, you know, they show the love. We got Portal yeah, they, 2 in the PlayStation 3 and Counter-Strike. Yep. There so, you go. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it, it's definitely possible for sure. But yeah, so that that's what's been going on in our lives. I think in terms of, yeah, and then I was going to say in terms of what we're playing, I mean, I don't, Resident Evil 4 is fantastic. I don't know if I have too much to say about it that wouldn't count as spoilers. So I don't think I'll go into that much detail just because it's so early. Just the things I will say is I think it's excellent. I think it's really detailed. I think that it's very fun to play, really good combat, a nice length. I haven't, well, I experienced one bug, but it was really small. So for the most part, it's completely, it seems very bug free and it works. And I am about 70% through it at the moment on standard. Okay. And I will be putting in a hefty portion tonight. I would say I'll have it done by the weekend. I would think. Damn, that's nice. I'm about four or five hours in because I made the commitment now that I'm just going to finish the Dead Space dead space platinum because i was kind of eating at the back of me even though i was enjoying it playing it and it's like sucked me in and even when we were me and mark were playing games earlier this week or sometime during the weekend i don't know when when we started playing resident evil and Mm -hmm. i was talking about the combat differences and i was saying resident evil's combat i think is already like outshined dead space for me personally in the few hours i played with it but then going back to dead space kind of did make me think i think dead space combat is also excellent it's just that Leon is a cooler character than Isaac, so it makes sense why he can do more cooler shit. Yeah, Leon is fucking dope, especially Leon in 4. Is, he's fucking cool as shit, and this game is so fucking good. Uh, if you have not played it, it's definitely worth it. Definitely lives up to the hype. I've never played Resident Evil 4 in my life, and it's all it's a brand new game to me, and it's been an awesome experience. The argument of greatest survival horror of all time some, not sometimes being between Resident Evil 4 and Dead Space has been like a toss-up for me. Uh, as I'm playing Resident Evil 4, it keeps ping-ponging back of like, okay, no, maybe Resident Evil 4 is the GOAT. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe Dead Space is. So I want to see where I land when I'm done with it. Because it's not... 
I think we were talking about this where Joel worded it as Dead Space might be a better horror game, but Resident Evil, like, you know, it satisfies Resident Evil 4 specifically satisfies a different kind of thing, but I think they both get clumped together as survival horror. So I don't know. But I also want to know by the end of the year, I made the guess of it, and we're starting to hear rumors that Silent Hill 2 might be coming out this year. Yeah. I want that to come out as well, and I want all three of these to be in the conversation because I think without honestly without question i think these three would be the ones that would be the top three for the conversation it's kind of crazy they all might come out in the same year it is really a weird coincidence i would say the only other game there's probably that you could throw in is what original resident evil mm, yeah outside I, of those three yeah i yeah then the, i think it just gets to personal to personal preference at that point i feel like for is widely regarded as the best. And then I feel like after that, it is two or one. I don't know well, which the, one it would stay as. Well, the two remake, I think. Well, well before, of course, the two uh, remake. Before four, fantastic. I thought two remake was the best fucking horror game. And then I played the Dead Space remake and I was like, oh, fuck, this might be it. And then now four is making me change that. So, I mean, we're getting we're getting excellent survival horror games this uh, this generation. So, But not I'm Callisto. Ex- not I mean, yeah, both of these games is just like close to protocol. What the fuck are you doing? So this is a side tangent, but I actually did want to bring this up. So we were talking about Horizon earlier, and mm-hmm. we were talking about how Burning Shores, the expansion for Forbidden West, is going to come out April 19th, which will be over a year from when the main game launched. And we were talking about how that seems a little bit too long, and that a sweet spot would be a couple of months after the main release for an expansion. The reason why I bring this up right now is because I was thinking about Callisto Protocol and how that's supposed to have an expansion, and I feel like it at this point it's already been too long. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have been, I wouldn't have bought it, but I would have thought about it. I might if have. it came out if it came out in February, but I mean, it's like fucking, it's March. It's about to be April. I don't give a fuck about Callisto Protocol. I played that shit in December. Exactly, and I think that expansion is probably going to come out in summertime, and I'm going to be like, what the fuck? I don't care. Yeah. It's and also it's gonna come out after two fucking banger survival horror games come out. You're not gonna want to go back and play a shittier survival horror game. It's very true. Very true. So yeah, the, I think the sweet spot with DLC is like two three months. It gives you enough time to beat the game, platinum the game, and then you're like before you're about to delete it off your console. It gives you one more reason to stay in the world. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that's good. I think it don't have it maybe announced before. But maybe like, you know, first week, second week, the game is out. Be like, hey, there's this thing coming. I think that's totally fine. If they announce that there is like DLC coming the day after, I don't give a fuck. Just don't try not to do it before. I know you want to sell your season passes, but. But isn't I mean, this might be jumping ahead to a topic, but isn't Resident Evil 4 kind of doing that? But they didn't announce it before. And it part of it, what we're going to see was not even announced is data mined out of it. OK, OK. Data mine is different than yeah announcements. All right. All right. And we'll get into that full topic because there's a couple of different ways to attack that situation. Yeah. So, um, you ready so to you get into the can, news proper? Yeah, we can, we can start into the news proper. So starting with number one, as you might have heard at the top of the show in the headline, E3 2023 has been officially canceled by the ESA. So originally reported by IGN, the ESA has sent emails out to members today telling them that the event has been canceled. The email said that the 2023 version of the event simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. Now, 
similar kind of like in a response to this jeff Keeley just kind of basically went on social media <laughs> saying that e3 has been really important to him and he shared a picture of him going to his first e3 when he was 15 and then he basically spoke about how summer games fest will still be here in full swing and that that was originally kind of planned as his replacement to e3 another side note or addition to this is we've heard ubisoft talk about kind of like flip-flopping with if they're going to be at this event or not with this information of the cancellation ubisoft has confirmed that they will have their own event on june 12th in los angeles so this summer we're going to have summer games fest we're going to have a ubisoft event an xbox event playstation maybe unannounced but i could see it happening i mean people are saying mace people are saying it's going to come beforehand now who knows yes So pretty much you're getting all of these main competitors that are going to kind of have their own showcases. And so just kind of the big thing here is just that E3 totally has been canceled. And it's good timing for us here for the show to relay this information to you guys. Because before today, I know that Sega pulled out and Tencent pulled out. But now we just have the official like, you know what, it's just not going to happen. I don't think it's that surprising. It's it's not that surprising, and we actually did have a listener write in regarding E3. And also, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to submit a question to the Go for Bronze show, you just got to follow us at Go for Bronze Pod on Instagram, and I'll submit a story where I collect all the questions for the uh, show each week. Usually, do it about the day of that we record and the day before. So usually Wednesday and Thursdays. Be on the lookout for that. But. Cobra6942 wrote, Hello, boys. With the death of E3 official, what were your favorite E3 memories? As a G4 kid coming up, I remember the hype in the early days of summer around the event, so I'm a little sad to see it go and die, but es lo que es. Mm, I guess to us, it's been dead for a couple of years. I think it's been dead since 2018 when PlayStation did the... The when they just Last basically of Us weren't part there. Two. They did The Last of Us Part 2, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, and Death Stranding, right? I think so. That sounds right. And then 2019 mm-hmm. is when they pulled out. And then 2019 is when they pulled out. So it's been dead for a while. I would honestly say, though, favorite memory has to be Jackie. Was it Jackie T and Adam Boys? They were doing the This Is How You Share Use Games for a uh, launch yeah, of PS4. That was pretty incredible. There's another another iconic one I remember was I was watching this. This is something that we would we would all hang out and watch. Now I would watch it with my brothers or with Joel or some other friends at the time. And I remember there was one in it was supposed to have been like 2011 or 2012. And I saw Tom Clancy come up on the screen. I was like, man, fuck Tom Clancy. At the time, I don't know why. I was a hater. I was like, Tom Clancy games, these shit suck. And it was the first trailer for The Division. And I saw Tom Clancy and I said it sucked. And then when the trailer ended, I was like, damn, that shit looks so good. <laughs> the initial, it was like the initial, the division trailer where it shows like the snowed over city and it was nice and cinematic. Remember when trailers and, would get you hyped like that? Oh man. Yeah, that was around the time of like the Dead Island trailer. Like that's when they had yeah. those cinematic trailers that were fire. And like we were okay being lied to because we didn't have like the drip of information every week. But yeah, that was an iconic one. Me being like, man, fuck this. And I'd be like, damn, that shit looks good. Yeah, another one for me definitely would be the first time that Ubisoft teased Watch Dogs, like at the end. Mm. And this being like, oh, is this like this? It was like the first next gen title going from PS3 to PS4. That was really cool. That, that was clearly a PS4 game, but they they couldn't say it because the consoles weren't announced yet. So that was like a cool like, oh, 
basically teasing the next generation. Yeah, there's there was a lot of announcements that were memorable. I remember seeing Last of Us running for the first time. I was going to say Bruce playing it on stage. Yeah, that was really good. I remember seeing Uncharted 4 being played for the first time. And a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of just really good times. And then of course, every now and then you'd get that uh you'd get that E3 like, "Oh, this thing is available today." Mm-hmm. Oh shit, it'd be a demo for something you're never going to buy, but ah, like it has hype on it. Those things it, are it's exciting. Fun. Yeah. yeah. It does suck cuz we will never get to recorded. Exactly. Now we won't ever get to go and experience like a original, like like going to E3 from like 2000s, like the early 2000s to 2010. That shit must have been so fucking cool. It must have been like an actual like. We would have to go to like Gamescom to get something similar. I think I at think this games, point. What about PAXs? How are those? I, I know they're not E3 because there's no news being broke there, but like the vibe. I wonder if the vibe is similar to like a E3. I feel like it's hard to it's hard for me that's to judge cosplay and shit like that too, right? Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's hard for me to judge because I don't go to a lot of those events, so I don't know. Now, where we live, MegaCon is happening this weekend, oh, and sure. MegaCon is something that I was like, you know, I mean, I don't give a fuck about that, right? But I, I, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, just look at the guest list, like see who's gonna be here this weekend. And I was like, this guest list is not that bad. I was just like, James McAvoy is gonna be here, John, oh, Bern- John Bernthal um hayden christensen sam raimi um victor uh or vincent d'onofrio the you know kingpin from daredevil charlie cox the guy from daredevil like a bunch of other people that are like pretty high profile so surprised to see that doesn't mean i'm gonna be going but like i don't know what a pax would be like but i feel like it would be similar like you're saying like a cosplay kind of like con thing but i think gamescom would be like a bigger more like like a more interesting one to go to or yeah. even even just one that will have more booths and kiosks that will be interesting to go to, like playing early builds of games and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I agree. But you know, RIP to E3. It was it had a great run, but it's it's been dying a slow death for the last four years. Honestly, it's good to just rip the bandaid off and be like, you know what, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think it, I and think we don't this have to cover this shit every week. Yeah, this is officially over. I don't think it's ever going to come back. I was shocked that they were even trying this year, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. But it, it doesn't sound like it's something that will come back in any form. Yeah, and hopefully Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest kind of takes over. I know it's not going to be in terms of like the physical space, the same kind of deal. But in terms of uh, announcements and hype, and Jeff knows how to put on a good show. The Game Awards shows, I think, are been getting steadily and steadily better. They obviously have some years where they miss and they don't have announcements. But I think... We're in good hands with Jeff Keighley. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to happen. But it's on gonna... our smaller side, we have some announcements. The PlayStation Plus Essential games for April 2023 have been announced. So we kind of hinted at this before when we knew about it. Meet Your Maker will be a day one release for Essential. Woo! And then the other two games that we're going to get is going to be Sackboy, A Big Adventure. I already bought that shit. And then Tales of Iron. <laughs> Is going to be the other one. So all three of these titles are going to be PS5 and PS4 uh, titles. They will be available on Tuesday. Make sure to pick them up. Remember, with the Essential Games, you can just go ahead and add them to your library, and they will be in your library as long as you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Uh, Just make sure you add them. And before Tuesday, make sure you also go in and add the games of this month, which were Battlefield 2042, Minecraft Dungeons and Code Vein. And I did play some Code Vein the other day and that shit sucks. I didn't make it past the tutorial. 
but Yikes. you can add it just so you have it. Yeah, that looked bad. And I feel like I remember when Code Vein came out that it got bad reviews specifically. Yeah, it wasn't so. great. It was it was just a through the tutorial it wasn't so I think a good tutorial has to be a slow trickle of information. While you're making it through a level, it just adds on things and then you're just out and you're doing it. I think a terrible way to do a tutorial is to put you in like a training room or some shit like that and then just give you the whole moves list and then try to explain them piece by piece. That's a Mm -hmm. terrible way to do it. And that's exactly how they did it. They just put you in a training room and try to explain like this giant menu. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to figure that out. Yeah, I feel like those Japanese games sometimes are go a little too hardcore with the tutorials and kind of ruin the game sometimes. For yeah. me personally, if you're not mentally prepared, that your tutorial is going to be two and a half hours. Yeah, and you can just break it down. Like if you're Code Vein is if it's going to be a Souls like game. I mean, Elden Ring obviously is a tough game for any game to compare itself to, but has a fantastic tutorial when you start it and you go down through the cave instead of just making your way out it's simple it gives you everything piece by piece and then layers it on later and that's a good way to do it i think it's just yeah. the best way to do a tutorial tutorials are best handled like a little hands off i think one of the best t- tutorials i remember of recent was breath of the wild i really liked how it was like you just start on that like initial little chunk of the land and then the you great break plateau. off and then you get yeah you then you eventually get off and it's like oh the Great Plateau is a fantastic way of like tutorializing like the game, but also doing it in a narratively smart way too. You know a tutorial I have fucking ingrained in my brain because I played it so many times. What? Oblivion. I was gonna say Skyrim. That's funny. I was thinking Skyrim because of the fucking like uh, when you're getting pulled to the prisoner thing. Yeah, the the Oblivion one. You start out in prison and then you go through like a sewer system to escape the prison. Mm-hmm. I have that, yeah, like where the enemies spawn, one's going to be here, two <laughs> goblins here, a couple of rats over here, you can get a poison weapon, like, that's, that's good shit. That's good shit, man. So, that's the PlayStation Plus games. Sorry, did you have something else to say with that? Nothing, I'm looking forward to Meet Your Maker. That's probably what we'll end up probably streaming. Hopefully it's good. If Same it's not, tale- we'll have fun either way. Yeah, either way, we'll have a good time. Tales of Iron, I don't know that much about Sackboy. I played a couple of hours of it. I think it's fun. I think, you know, it's a good pickup if you haven't bought it, but nothing too crazy. I'm hoping Meet Your Maker is good. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. But, you know, we'll, we'll find out next week. And we've got now another new studio inbound, also from Playground. So former Playground Games co-founder has formed a new studio called Lighthouse Games. Playground Games co-founder Gavin Rayburn has been a director on the Forza Horizon series and is delighted to be bringing over 30 members from Playground and other heavyweight studios to this new studio, which is working on an unannounced AAA brand new IP. This is another one that I'm going to kind of keep brief in the sense that, you know, they definitely have a paragraph about creativity and originality (laughs) and we're all going to pat each other on the back in the next three years and this game is going to be spectacular, but... There's no information about it yet. The the things that we do know is a lot of the people that are coming onto this project are either people who worked on the Forza series or people who worked on Codemaster games. So a lot of racing energy going into this. But it I, the new studios are great. This is something that me and Joel have talked about with a lot of these new studios. We think that a lot of this, we're going to feel this, you know, like four or five years down the line when all of these products actually come out. But just in terms of industry analysis i think it's very interesting that we're getting like 
we're getting multiple new studios out of Playground. Yeah, Playground like this just teams. continues that Xbox thing where like a lot of Xbox leads and studios are kind of breaking up. I yeah, I I wonder what the fuck is going on over there because Playground seemed like it was running fine, and I mean, I guess heads of studios can want to leave and do new projects, but you would also think like. You know, we assumed that the Fable project was giving the creative leads there what they wanted in terms of making a different type of game, but it seems probably like it's something more than that, maybe something fundamentally wrong. Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I thought that Playground was their their number one studio. I mean, yeah, it was, but now you, now you don't have the same confidence in it just because of all the heads. But I would say, yeah, before all like the you know, the exits from all the heads, I would say that, yeah, Playground's their best studio, the most consistent. I, it was like their Insomniac and Naughty Dog in one. And I wonder if we're already seeing this. So Gavin Rayburn, he actually left Playground in January of 22. And Man. I know that for Forza Horizon 5, their most recent expansion was pretty underwhelming to people. And I wonder if that has to do with a lot of these heads kind of leaving and maybe them not even having just the same manpower to make these really cool like Lego or pirate or whatever expansions. I mean, yeah, because when they leave, they're taking people with them. So that Mm -hmm. definitely affects a studio with multiple people leaving, taking multiple parts of the studio with them. And yet it's it's a scary time over there in the Xbox land. You know, they really need that. They really need that Activision deal to go through. I will say the more we hear about new studios being formed, the more confident I am and happy that we will get new IP and the less worried I am about remakes. We can still get yeah. the same number of remakes, but now we're just also going to have another number of brand new IPs. And so it'll just off balance itself. Yeah, it, and it always does. Life always finds a way, you know, it balances out. But my issue when I when we were talking about this in private was just that all the new or maybe on the show last week was mentioned too, but it all blends all the, together. It all blends together. When the show with the new studios forming all now, it does feel like a lot of the this like a lot of these studios are going to be launching products. I feel like on PS6 as opposed to PS5. So this generation is still kind of like in limbo in terms of like where we're going to get our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, in terms of just adding to the games that we're already playing, something that we mentioned a little bit before, talking about Resident Evil 4. So there's uh, two things with Resident Evil 4 we wanted to talk about here. Number one is the Mercenaries mode. There is a Mercenaries mode, and it will be added into the game April 7th, so that will be coming very soon. It will be a free update, and we're happy that it is not a requirement for the trophies. I when think I saw that's this, really nice. I was so fucking happy. I was like, thank God. So that will be there. The other thing we wanted to talk about is... In Resident Evil 4, originally on the GameCube, fans will remember that it did not launch with the ADA mode separate uh, separate ways. However, future versions of the title did include this mode, and it's kind of like an ADA-led separate kind of smaller chunk campaign. Similar to... Kind of think about how like in Resident Evil 2, there's like those other orders where you play as... So it's kind of like that, but this one I think is a little bit more kind of like story focused yeah exactly so now the data mine found uh, a file name called referencing to something named another order and i guess another order is what separate ways was called in japan so it makes sense that that is what this is going to be they said that this newer version will be more fleshed out and a little bit longer and will come some way down the line capcom themselves haven't officially announced this as a dlc however 
making my way my way through the base game trying to be as spoiler free and detail free as possible i know that there are things that have been cut from the game that i have noticed that we actually haven't talked about since we last spoke to us so there's other stuff that i have noticed that's not in the game okay. and i think that they're keeping those and putting those in separate ways would be my guess and then maybe incorporating it with the little like ada side story you think that's exactly. where that content can go I think that just instead of being maybe Leon's perspective of XYZ, you'll probably play it from Ada's perspective. That's fun. Have we played? We didn't play as Ada in Resident Evil 2 remake, right? No, I mean, yeah, she's no, you, in it, but you do play as her for a little bit, don't you? Maybe like, and like, I think you're right. I think you play as her for like a quick portion, like a hot minute. Yeah. But it, it would be cool to play as her. She seems like a cool character. I That's haven't got to her in Resident Evil 4 yet, but she is one of my favorite like Resident Evil. Like she's like a great character, which I like. Mm-hmm. That's a very popular thing we've noticed with modern games is the like switching who you play as for like an hour or two hours. I don't know how much I like it. I don't want, yeah, I, I, yeah. With I don't dislike the, it. It's just when it happens now, it's never surprising. And I felt like part of it was, was that it would be surprising. I was surprised in, I was surprised in a recent game that was uh, yeah. released. I don't want to spoil it in case somebody out there has, hasn't played the game and doesn't know that this is in the game. And if you haven't, that's great. But it's pretty common, but I still don't want to spoil it. But you do play as another character in another first party game, let's say that. And yeah. I was kind of... That was definitely the weaker part of that game. I feel like the mm-hmm. side stuff is always never as good because you come to the story for a main reason. I think the only game that could do it well is obviously upcoming Spider-Man because Miles Morales and Peter Parker play the same. If anything, I think Miles Morales plays better. And I think that'll be really interesting to see how they lay that out. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I've, I have been noticing that. And maybe it's a Sony first party thing if you think about it. Well, when you mentioned Resident Evil 2, I also thought in Resident Evil 3, you switched to Yeah, you switched between Jill and Carlos, yeah. So, I, you know... That's, that's a Resident news. Evil thing, though. Resident Evil, I feel like, has multiple playable characters. That's Even the first one yeah. has that. That's true. That's definitely true. So, that's just kind of like their whole vibe, but... I mean, I'm excited to get more content. I've got to just beat the main game, and then whenever this comes out, I'll be fun. I'm glad to play glad that mercenaries mode is not a part of the platinum so that means i would actually get the platinum because it's just going to be focusing on the campaign so when you talk about the speed run i know you said it's tough do you need to so how does the ranking system work because i don't know when i beat the levels i'm not getting a like a letter score is that so is that how it works so from what i understand if it's similar to resident evil 2 and other resident evils in general probably when you clear the entire game you're going to get a ranking that is probably going to go off of your time your death count, probably your accuracy, and those are probably the three that'll like make up your what your score ends up being. Now, okay. the trophy list looks really hard. I know that the game just came out, but it is sitting at a zero point one percent platinum earn rate. But you Ooh. have to get S plus on numerous difficulties. You are gonna have to. You do have to get S plus on hardcore, but you also have to play professional, which is the hardest difficulty. And so a lot of the it has a lot I'm of that, the Resident Evil standards of like play through the game without using a health item, play through the game without doing this, play the game. With it. So it's going to be like, here's the thing. It's probably going to be my guess is if you did them separately, you're looking at maybe seven to eight playthroughs. Oof. That 
is not a big deal in those other Resident Evil games, but this is a beefy ass game. Yeah, you said the speed run is eight hours. Speed run is eight hours. I'm about 70% done with the game and I have about 14 hours clocked and I'm not that slow. Yeah, I have. I'm on chapter four. I'm, I just mm-hmm. got to Ashley and I'm five hours in. Yeah. So Which I didn't realize she was so deep in the game. I thought that was like kind of would come to me earlier. Well, if you think about it, you're you're pretty early. I don't know if you know the number of chapters, but you're not that far in. Yeah, from what yeah, because my uh, PlayStation percentage, I don't know how accurate it is, but it says I'm 33 percent through the main game. Yeah, so I, I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, I, and at least I that's what I'm love going that. off of. Yeah, the new fucking update is so good with the little time that you've been playing and the percentages. I love it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a great addition for sure. I think that, I'm but, excited to see that DLC when it comes out, and Resident Evil Four is excellent. Highly recommend. Highly, you know, definitely, definitely worth playing. So, another thing here to kind of bring up is. We got Atari has acquired the System Shock developer Night Dive Studios. There's not a whole lot to say about this, except for the fact that we know that they've kept trying to put dates on when the System Shock is going to be released. And then I know that it's been delayed kind of indefinitely. But also one of the heads of the studio came out and saying like, hey, well, there's certain things going on in the background that we can't really talk about. So like he didn't say that, but I know that he said specifically like circumstances have changed multiple times. So I'm assuming this has to be what that it sounds is like in. a man who's kidnapped. Yeah, that that <laughs> this is in relation to. So we're just like waiting. But I guess this is part of the waiting. This is a, something that I would put this against, which I guess I want to bring up too, is the studio that's responsible for a lot of the Lego games. People are wondering why they were quiet. And now we know it's because they're working with 2K to make this racing game. And in the future, did you guys see the trailer for that racing game? Which one? The Lego one. No, I didn't. I saw screenshots. It looks. Does it, it look looks, good? Because the screenshots it, look good. I think it looks fucking awesome. Okay, I, I didn't know where you were gonna go with that, but yeah. So the screenshots look good to me. Yeah, I thought it looked. I thought it looked really, really good. Just to bring that up, it's like, and it's it budget looked, titled, right? It's like thirty bucks, uh, forty bucks. I don't know. It looks like I could easily see that being a full price game because it looks like a like a large game. Okay. What were you going to say about it? I'm going to look in a good way, though. I I was just bringing up the fact that the studio that was working on those Lego games had been kind of quiet for a while, but it's just because they were probably not announcing anything until 2K had been like, okay, we're ready to do this and say that we're partnering with you. So I think similar here with Night Dive, they're just not saying anything because they're waiting for this Atari acquisition to go through. And then probably at some point now, maybe we'll see a new trailer or something and maybe a date. Because I would assume that that has to. Like, they can't just release it middle acquisition. Yeah, that definitely probably needs to be done when a proper from a purchase smaller, has been done. From a smaller scope, I want to put that caveat on it. Like, if this Activision deal isn't done, Diablo 4 is still coming out. So I don't mean, like, with something from that scale. But for the for these smaller releases, it would make sense that they would, like, wait for these deals to be done with. And it's also, yeah, that's a it's a... It's a different kind of thing. Diablo 4 is successful, whether purchased by Microsoft or not mm-hmm. purchased by Microsoft. It doesn't need marketing dollars behind it. Activision is doing well in terms of generating revenue. The people that are making System Shock Remake, I don't know how they're doing, but it doesn't seem the best. They spent four years making a remake. Yeah, I agree. It, you, would, you would think that 
when we're not of course experts on this development stuff but you think that you're remaking the bones of a game but you don't have to do that much you don't have to do a lot of that creative process because you're just rebuilding something that already exists yeah i think that's honestly what's one of the greatest strengths about resident evil 4 where it's like they didn't have it was this development team really didn't have to focus on narrative they just had to make it feel great and that's what they nailed yeah absolutely and hopefully the same thing for system shock remake i would love to play that game as a you know a spiritual or the spiritual predecessor to my favorite game of all time bioshock Mm, absolutely looking forward to that and then judas you know whenever we do get that whenever that does come out yeah now you know sorry you know what i was just thinking about with the vr now if i can get a bioshock vr game i would die yeah that would be awesome i would like they remake the original imagine if they remade the original when they they, because they i feel like they have to remake it eventually it's getting up there it's what it's older than resident evil is it as old as resident evil 4 it's two years newer than resident evil 4 however it had that remaster yeah but that was a light i need like a remake like a like you know nice graph like make it really nice and shiny you know what i think one of the and vr so bioshock is also my favorite game of all time Now, let me get that clear. But I feel like when we talk about this, I can be more critical of it, which can make Joel question it. But I'm going to say something. I don't know if you'll like it. Oh, wow. Is there demand for a remake of it? Like, do you think that that would... Like, we know that Resident Evil 4, them remaking it, they know people are going to buy the shit out of that. I would love a Bioshock remake, but do you think that there is enough people out there to support that project? I don't know. Like, honestly, it's not like I don't think there are. I I just really don't know. The Bioshock community is an interesting one. It's a yes. Because it's like low murmurs everywhere in every corner of the internet. But nobody, I feel like, is like... Because everybody respects that. If you come to the table and you say Bioshock's your favorite game of all time, nobody's going to check you and be like, that's fucking stupid, or you Mm -hmm. dumbass. Like, everybody's like, I respect it, yada, yada, yada. But, like, I don't think I think more people respect it than have actually played it, which is the case for a lot of obviously like legendary items and games and like not just games, but movies, too. But it does feel like the fan base, the people that do like it are maybe not the most obnoxious. They're not like a Kingdom Hearts kind of crowd, or like a Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy kind of crowd or like even like a like a Mario and Zelda crowd. They're like, oh, the Zelda crowd. Kinda, yeah, we have a Oof. we have a stoic confidence about our game. We we know it's the best game, and I don't have to fucking question you. And most of the time, is people try to step you and say if they don't like Bioshock, it's just probably because they can't read, and that's the biggest issue. Yeah, it, it's tough being one of the tougher ones that I, that has come recently when I talk to people about like best games is whenever I hear people bring up Death Stranding. Now, it's tough to hear people talk slander on Death Stranding. Yeah. That's, that should be so good. But that's another one too, where it's like the Bioshock fan base, where it's like, and I think it's, a, I think both those games tend to be older fans. So there's also like, mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck what people have to say about it. I like what I like, but I think it will, I think it could do well, but I don't think it would do, I don't think it would probably do as well, even as, I don't think it would even sell as well as the Dead Space remake. No, I don't think it would. And that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm interested in it, but that's where I'm coming from, where I don't know if the financial upside is there for somebody to take on a remake at the moment. But it would make a bigger splash if they remade it in VR. I agree. 
I also think if they want to gauge if it'll make a splash or not, that Bioshock 4 shit, they got to say something about that at some point. I think that's what's going to be their gauge. They're going to release Bioshock 4, and if that sells well, they'll remake the other three. They'll do all three. They don't give a shit. I think that they have to... I think that they have to get Bioshock 4 out before Judas comes out. The new, it's like the same thing with Dead Space. Wait, no, because it's not the same. It's the same thing with Dead Space and Callisto, but different. it's the same but different because Bioshock yes. is the Dead Space, but the guy who made the game is now making the new game. So exactly. it's kind of the same thing, but for some reason I have more confidence in Judas, which I don't think I ever had more confidence in Callisto than over Dead Space Remake. I agree with exactly what you just said. I have more confidence in Judas but I don't have, and I didn't with uh, Callisto versus Dead Space. But I do think Bioshock 4 needs to get out ahead of Judas because when we saw Judas, I think it looks fucking awesome, but I can't help but look at it and not just think like that is the new Bioshock. Like it it, it just is. Would you be upset cool. if it ties into Bioshock? I know that's been a big rumor. I don't think I would be that upset about it. However, if it did, I would want that to be something they ripped off early in the game. I would not want that to be a closing twist. Definitely not. I agree. But if it's not a closing twist, I think it would be a little corny. Fine. Yeah, because if it's I a think, closing... Are you thinking in general it would be corny? I think I think in general it's a little corny. I think that... Even though I love it, and I would love it for it, and I think it would still be great, but I think that's... That's like Ken kind of like being like, I feel like that's a little bit of an insecurity on Ken Levine's part if he does do that because he doesn't want to stand on his own two feet. That's fair. But that's I how also, I kind of interpret. I, I, I think, well, first of all, I, I think that that point is correct. I just think that he's already doing that based on how similar it looks. Like it doesn't look like a totally different thing anyway. Like it has a different name and we don't know what the story is, but like there are so many things in just that like little minute that we saw that I'm like, but that's his shit. He made that. <sighs> yes. You know what I'm saying? There's still not a, there's still not a lot of games that do what even Bioshock tries to do. That's, I mean, atomic heart tried atomic heart tried, but it plays differently than agree. It's more, it's, it's, have you played atomic heart? I haven't. It's, I want you to play it. Cause it is weird. I don't think, I think it's Bioshock in terms of like maybe like aesthetic, but it's like very Bioshock light. I think it's more like kind of, it leans more into like a Wolfenstein kind of shooter where it's more alternate history kind of goofy than Bioshock. Well, I think with, in terms of the Judas comparison that I'm making, I'm making the comparison of, you know, the powers being wielded in one hand weapons being wielded in the other hand there are these kind of like a mechanical enemies that you're going to be I get, fighting. I, I get where you're coming from definitely there's just like a basically if they did say that it was tied in it would not be a surprise at all mm-hmm. and if they don't say it and we're playing it and we're in some kind of city we know that we're on like some kind of spaceship and there's like if there's any kind of tyrant type of character i'm immediately gonna be like yeah this is tied in like it this right, is the like, Andrew Ryan of this world. Yeah, like this is like you're going to go to a space station at the beginning and that's going to be the lighthouse. Like that's it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see out. whenever it does come out. I, I am excited for Judas, whatever it is. I mean, 2K is publishing it, so it does have the opportunity. They have, you know, they can mm-hmm. get the licensing to work with Bioshock and all that. So that is always a possibility. Hopefully we get Bioshock in VR. That would be awesome. 
Hopefully we also get System Shock as we started here with, and hopefully we get System Shock too. Because I'm more interested in that. Yeah, 2 is like significantly better than the first one. The first one is very like archaic, right? And like very much like a computer hardcore kind of game. Yeah, and and I've never really tried to play the first one. I've tried to play the second one, like the original version of the second one. It's rough. It's really tough to play now, but Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that one just because it's known for it's like you know villain and stuff like that even though those things are still being talked about but people aren't like going back and playing that yeah it's it's basically unplayable at this point yeah but so moving on from that talking about all this nice hardware that we got joe got a ps5 joel has a psvr my hardware purchase was that i got a dualsense edge controller recently and this is perfect timing to see that uh, the DualSense Edge is getting iOS support. Hell so yeah. I might not need, theoretically, uh, Backbone, because now mm-hmm. I can use my DualSense Edge to play remote play. Now, Joel will look a little bit cooler than me, probably, with just the Backbone, <laughs> while I'm, like, setting my foot up on a stand and getting my controller out in the middle of, like, a fucking Disney line or something. But the I think it's cool. So this is something that comes with the iOS 16.4 update. Your DualSense Edge controller can con- connect to your phone via Bluetooth, and you can use it just, you know, like you would any other controller. But I think it's really nice that that, that just has the support. And the baseline DualSense already connects to your phones, right? I don't know. Huh. From what I'm reading in this, the DualSense Edge controller can connect. And... Oh, no, no, yeah, you're wonder... right. You're right. DualSense, yes. Okay. DualSense, you could connect them. But I just, I guess I didn't even know that. Okay, so yeah, the big news is at the edge because I guess there's probably there was like a firmware update that needed to happen with the with the edge with the edge, yes, the the sunny edge. How's the controller treating you? You know, you've been getting your grips on it, getting your hands all on it, getting sweaty playing Resident Evil. How you feel about it? I don't know. I think that the controller has a really nice weight to it, and it's very comfortable. I mm-hmm. the modding like and changing back buttons and mappings and all that stuff. It feels really cool to do but i end up being uncomfortable and unfamiliar with it and i end up not playing as good because of it so like i would think like okay if i map some of these new back buttons they'll make me be quicker but i have to retrain myself to not take so my like finger 20 off. plus years high wire like hardwired a certain way that's the thing and that's what i'm <laughs> noticing is i've i've played it on a couple of different games there's a couple of features i really like so one feature that i'll say right at the top is my favorite is you can set you can remap buttons on the controller and you can set them as profiles and there are these function buttons under the analog sticks that you can press and just quick swap over to different profiles i do love that i think that that is that is, that's an excellent feature so for example my functions at the moment is like I have one that was for when I was playing Horizon. I have one that's Resident Evil. I have one that's Call of Duty. So I just pick up the controller, switch what it's assigned to, and then it'll remap all my buttons the way that I want them per the game that I'm playing. I just have to get, I have to get used to. Basically, if I'm not customizing the controller, I don't feel like I'm getting a benefit. If that makes sense, even though the controller is nicer, I feel like I have to use some of those features. Otherwise, why am I even using that controller? You have a heavier dual sense. Exactly, and I'm not, that's not what I'm trying. Now, uh, now remember, I did not really pay for the controller, so that makes so it's it all okay. good. It's, it's free. All good. It's all free. It's all free. But I think I would like to get comfortable 
with some mm-hmm. of those customizations. Now, when we're playing first-person shooters, it's different. Like adjusting the trigger length is really nice, and I'll continue to to play with it. I've re- I've replaced the caps, the sticks, and okay. the one time that I did do that, I I had like a reaction. I was like, oh my god, like these fucking the other analogs, the ones we used on <laughs> PS3. I was like, these are so bad. Why would I ever want to switch back to these? Damn. So I took those right back off and then put the other ones on there, but still a really cool controller. I mean, yeah, no, it's definitely a cool piece of kit. I would, I would like to get my hands on one, but maybe on like a sale or something. Yeah, I mean, you just got the VR, so you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool on on blowing cash. I gotta now go back to being frugal. But it's all free. It's all now free. That you, now that you have one, now I got to get one, right? I guess that's the outside perspective of how we make our purchases. That's basically how we we tempt each other into b- bad financial decisions. So that's yeah. that's, that's real what, friendship there. Yeah, that's real friendship. That's what that's what we do. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so we. Oh, you got something else? No, I was going to segue you into this next story. So you ready to go? Sorry, we'll hold hands and walk into this next story together. So Ubisoft <laughs> is introducing uh, AI to ghostwrite some of their NPC dialogue for Assassin's Creed Mirage. So to be specific about this, this isn't going to be, or the way that they've explained it, is it's not going to be Ubisoft using artificial intelligence to basically write like a full script. It's going to be more so to use what they call barks. So think about when you're playing a game, I guess we can use Hogwarts Legacy as a recent example. You run by a character and they say whatever. They bark out some off little dialogue. Off on another dialogue. adventure, are yeah, you? Off, off on another adventure. If you pass them four or five times, right, that shit gets annoying. It's unnatural. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, I'm not talking to you. Why are you talking to me? I'm clearly going this direction. But I guess this AI, they're talking about it in the sense that maybe this will contextualize what the NPCs say to you to make a little bit more sense. But they haven't, you know, of course, fully gone into it. But this is more of a just bringing it up as a, I guess, how do we, f- I guess, yeah, just, uh, Joel, at the moment, how do you feel about it? Um, before I tell you how I feel about it, let me tell you how my boy, Cheddar Cheese Boy, is feeling about it. Great name. He wrote in and he said, hey, fuckers, how do you, how do you <laughs> think, <laughs> a little aggressive out the gate, Cheddar Cheese Boy, how do you think uh, Ubisoft's AI dev tool, Ghostwriter, is going to affect their games and the gaming industry as a whole so he's seen i mean the i don't know if he's negative about it the hey fuckers does seem a little aggressive so it kind of doesn't it doesn't seem like he likes the tool but i mean i'll let you answer the question mark how do you feel about it what do you think this is going to be a widespread gaming issue i think that or is it even an issue in the first place i think that it is something that if used correctly could be very interesting and i when i say that what i mean specifically i think that if you have a situation where if you think about games that try to tell you hey your choices in this game matter but we know that a lot of times when games say that it really means that before the credits roll you make one choice or another choice you might get a different ending but what you've done for the majority of the game didn't really matter now that's not always the case some of the best games of all times have great morality or choice systems thinking about that that's like a red dead 2 or a fallout 3 so there are exceptions to that rule but i could see artificial intelligence being used in an interesting way of maybe analyzing what you've done in the game to a certain point the thing that i fear more is that while ai is fantastic i could see that being a way for at the beginning i can see 
writers and creatives being like, awesome, this is a great tool that'll maybe take some work off of my plate and I can focus on other things. I think that that is good in theory, but I also think that could lead to, well, why don't I just have this shit write the entire story? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how it'll be. I, I think it's hard to say if it would be good or bad because you'd have to see a full product with it first. But I definitely think that it will be used to the fullest extent. They're just not going to start at that point. Yeah. So first, when I saw the story, the first thing I did think of was uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy because that game was famously very mm-hmm. much heavily relied on AI to make the whole game entirely, not even write it. Obviously, there's nothing to write because it's just remastering a game. And they basically had an AI engine do it. And it, we all knew with how that came out. That came out pretty pretty upside ass, down honestly. billboards and shit. Upside down billboards and everything. But honestly, the way uh, AI is advancing and you hear the news and how smart it's becoming and it's like... It, I heard a story where an AI learned how to make money and then bypass the like a chat thing by having a task rabbit by the AI created a task rabbit for somebody to click. I'm not a bot on this one website for them. So the AI learning shit is very kind of, it's scary because it does seem like it, it could become like a, it almost seems like it's already becoming a sentient thing. And like even your phones at time, I don't know. Do you ever feel bad when you like curse at your phones or do you curse at your phones? Like I try to be nice to my Siri I remember when I first got an iPhone, I was like rude because I wanted to see like how it would react. But now it's like I almost treat it like it's a person. So I just think AI is becoming really weird in our society at the moment. It and then the way it it's like intruding the art world in terms of like movies and art and now the game writing. It's just it's a I, mess. You can continue. I just wanted to butt in to say that in terms of if I'm being nice to it or not, I'm nice to everything except for Alexa. Fuck Alexa. My Alexa, the thing is, is that you'll ask, like, you know, how's the weather? You know, good morning, Mark. Today it's looking like 78 degrees. Would you also like to try this other thing? And what about this thing? Maybe some of this. She just doesn't shut the fuck up. Damn. But that's just Alexa. Damn, why do you got mistreat Alexa but like that? She's just me. trying that's to a, help you. That's a household thing. Everybody, Liz, is that a is Liz that a well known thing? Liz is also like, come on, like Alexa, why you got like Alexa just always be talking? Yeah, but how fucking lazy are you that you can't even look at your phone to see the weather outside? Well, that's besides the point. <laughs> also, the scariest shit is when Alexa. There's been times where Alexa will just say something out of nowhere, and we're like, "Fuck." She's it's sentient. That's what I'm saying. The shit's getting it's getting scary. It's getting like Skynet basically. I'm like, this I shit's about see- to happen. I did see, um, and I, not full details, but I did see some headline that was like Elon Musk and like a couple of other people are already starting to be like, hey, like we got to cut Let's this. Let's stop it. Yeah. yeah. But so I kind of, I was going to say, I kind of want like, Joe, you can also enter. I feel like out of us, you use it the most. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut that part out. Yeah, I use it a lot, man. It's a really beastie tool. What you're talking about with Elon Musk is a bunch of guys that are big in that industry signed uh, signed a letter to put it on pause for six months. Like, hey guys, let's uh, you know, let's not release anything more powerful than GPT four, which is incredibly powerful. It will pass the LSAT in the ninetieth percentile, meaning that if if GPT four takes the LSAT, it's going to score higher than ninety percent of the people who take it. It's just wild, and so. 
Um, the letter proposes that maybe we should put it on pause for now, work on the stuff that we like have and see what we can do with it because it, the stuff is so powerful, whatever function you're trying to accomplish with it, it, it's, yeah, it can be like really addictive and exactly what you were talking about, about the writing part. Sure. First, it's just maybe going to give me a couple ideas, but you know, I, I'd rather go do something else. I'll have it give me a paragraph, maybe a whole story or so it has to be used responsibly that I could see that too. And I am hoping that the writers who write these games and writers in general do that because they like it. Mm -hmm. If they use it to to get them over writer's block, then it's being used responsibly. If you're using it to write your story and do your work, then, you know, it's a very powerful tool, but that's what it is a tool. And, you know, yeah, we should probably take a break for six months. I would like to see it enhance the behaviors of games more on the developer side. I don't want to see it really in the writing because that's I think it could be, I would think it would work most. That's where you, it, it could probably help you get some great functions for, you know, like truly having your decisions, each one affect the outcome and in a bigger way at the end, or it can maybe give the developers a different approach to stuff. I think on the back end, for gaming, it'd be great as long as it doesn't touch the writing. I know that one of the best iterations, and thank you for for that. I think I think one of the best iterations we've seen recently for it is, I know in Gran Turismo Seven they had an update where they had the AI Sophie come in, and that was basically a driving avatar that would learn based on what players did while racing against it, and then it would become unbeatable by learning. <laughs> and so we all we know also that. Forza has been doing this already where the drivatars that you race against are reflections of the players that they're representing. So they'll be more likely to make mistakes on certain things or drive straight into players on corners because that's what real people do. And so I think in, in those situations, it's like a, it's an incredible use of it because it just makes it more life lifelike and makes it a little bit more immersive. But I think as a tool, like you're saying, I totally agree with that as a tool. It's great, but we know that people are, people can be addictive creatures and abuse things. And so, you know, that some people will success. What I will be, uh, that's exactly what I was actually going to bring it to is I'm curious when it will be abused. Will it be abused and then be like, oh, you know, this game came out and ended up, we learned that they used all this, but it was a whatever game? Or will we get like a greatest of all time, 10 out of 10? And then they were like, oh, but it was mostly AI. But because it was a 10 out of 10, how much are people going to care? If it's a 10, if it's, if it's, if the product is good, people are not going to care. That's, that's what I'm interested in. I, I agree. I agree. I think if the product is good enough, people are not going to care. Yeah, and I think the, I mean, that's probably why they were like, we got to slow up on AI because it's going to get that human touch. And once AI can have like a natural form of creativity and can start forming relations with other AI and all this stuff and feeling things, and it's, it basically becomes another human and it can become the smartest human because it could just be programmed to know whatever the fuck it wants at any moment. And I just got to be honest, knowing that this is in Assassin's Creed, I'm like, all right, I don't really give a fuck anyway. It's not in something that for me is high stakes. I'm like, Assassin's Creed was already made by AI. Yeah, so I'm like, give us the difference. (laughs) Yeah, like it's, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're testing it out on something that's not too serious. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how that even works in terms of the development of game. Does that, 
keep game costs kind of stable will like game prices go down i mean they're not going to go down obviously but you know is there not going to be as big of a price increase in future generations because costs will actually go back or come down if everything is going to be automated and you maybe you need a studio of formerly three four hundred people can be a studio of like 50 people and be as efficient now i know this is something that i guess this could be an endless conversation but i mean if it is then who cares? This is just a beautiful conversation for our wonderful audience to listen to. But something I was going to say is I wonder in terms of what the AI could do, I wonder if they'll run into issues of like, what if you're having a conversation with an NPC and they are, they respond to you in such a way where they're like, okay, well you did this, this, and this, maybe you can do that. What if they like lead you to something that doesn't actually exist in the game? Like, I wonder if that's an issue they could come into where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, you like can't say... Like, purposely or like, like it was a fuck up? Exactly. Like, this AI suggested something to the player on its own thinking. However, that, like, level or NPC or whatever is not actually programmed into the game. So they have to put barriers and limits on it, too. Yeah. I, I Yeah. But then AI can be cool. Like, you know, that psycho... Like, yeah, the Psycho Mantis boss fight in Metal Gear Solid where it reads your memory card. That'd yeah. be cool if you had like a boss fight. Be like, you have seventy platinums. You must get no bitches. <laughs> yeah, that's when they like name the trophies, and it's like you haven't seen the sun. Go talk to somebody or something like that. We we were talking about about boss fights too. Playing Resident Evil, I wish that games had more interesting boss fights. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been a lost art since like PlayStation Three. I think that's just a single player, like uh, losing out in single player stuff. In general, yeah, that also that, that makes sense because Dead Space and um, Resident Evil, Resident Evil definitely does boss fights better. Yeah, I agree. And then so one of the, the last kind of big topic that I wanted to close this out on, which, you know, we'll see how much we, we get in depth with this. But I saw that there are a number of U.S. Congress members that have accused Sony of blatant anti-competitive tactics over Xbox in Japan. Now, it, it's it's weird to me for a couple of reasons. I would say, number one, it's weird to me, me because it's U.S. congressmen commenting on competitive marketplace practices in Japan which in my mind, that's immediately a conflict of like, well, but it's not in the US. And then also Sony is a Japanese company. It kind of makes sense that they would probably be doing really well over there. Mm -hmm. And then it comes in layered with those other things of like, you know, well, Sony also just kind of has the games to support it and whatever. But basically what the congressman was saying to give their perspectives that they were saying that Sony has up to a 98% share of the console market in Japan, and the way that they have achieved this is by purchasing or keeping first-party and third-party titles exclusive to their consoles, and that is like their anti-competitive practice. I could see this for Final Fantasy, but I don't. It, it, I don't. I just like I don't really see it. Like it makes sense that they would be so dominant in Japan. Like they're dominant in other places, also just because of higher quality like software and product, but. In Japan, it just makes sense. Like that's your home team. That's what that. I mean, that's exactly where I was going to go with this. Where I think it's a cultural thing. Where Japan is a is like one of the. Oh, I think I'm not one. Of, I think it's the only like Western nation that's completely homogenous in terms of like the race of people. Like Japan is ninety percent Japanese people. They're very proud of their culture. They 
I, they why would they buy an American gaming console? Like they have like they this is kind of like their bag. It's the same thing with like anime and like certain other art forms that they kind of are very proud of and they invest back into it and always support the home team like you're saying. And they have two home teams. They have Sony and they have Nintendo. Yeah, I mean they have, they have two reasons not to go straight to Xbox. And the, the thing is is that yeah. I think there are there there are layers to this right obviously, but I think at a baseline it's like you're saying like Sony home team, Nintendo home team, but also there is just the products. But then yeah, like why would better. you Also you a lot of times you play where your friends play. So if it's hard for you to start getting a foothold, yeah, you're going to lose that lead, but I don't think that I would be completely shocked if somebody found a chart that said 15 years ago the market share was more equal or Xbox was leading. I feel like that was probably never the case. Yeah. It's just never, not. Never been. So it's just coming up, obviously, because of this Activision deal. But I, I, I don't know. It's just weird to see. Yeah, I, I thought it, I, I was reading into it too, and I thought the same thing. Where it's kind of weird. I just feel like this was a little bit of a stretch on the U.S. Congress side. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just feel like if you understand Japan and like Japanese culture, like of course it's just, this just makes sense. They're not very friendly to anything outside. They're like we fuck with each other and what we it, got going on. It also strikes me as a, you know, and I, I don't know these people personally, the congressmen who were saying this, but it, it does come off as a viewing this from a political and capitalism standpoint, but not understanding the gaming industry or why people buy what they buy and where they're buying what they buy. Because I can mm-hmm. understand a perspective of them being like, hey, American company, 2% share of this market, that's fucked up. We don't like that. Okay. But if you're in the industry and you're seeing like, okay, but Xbox is putting out this, Nintendo puts out this, Sony puts out this, it's probably going to make sense. And also Sony's so, winning in America too and in Europe and everywhere. It's like, it's not like it's a Japanese specific thing. It's just more dominant in Japan because that's like the home team, like we've been saying, but it's, they're also dominant outside of that region. If it was like, they're only dominant in Japan and then like Xbox is outselling them everywhere. Then I and that makes sense. Final Fantasy is a is a weird one to bring up because I know that they're bringing it up because like of the exclusivity deal around it. But the reason why it strikes me as a weird one is like these games are made in Japan. Like they're localized for us after. We're not the primary market. Like they make mm-hmm. it and then they get it to us. So it of course it makes sense. Yeah. I mean yeah, because I mean, they can argue the same thing about Atlas with Persona and stuff like that. But also, people don't want to put their games on Xbox because Xbox games don't sell. People are not buying games on Xbox. Mm-hmm. They're too used to Game Pass. So now it's like basically these Japanese companies are like, all right, we're going to launch on Sony's platform or Nintendo's platform because people buy the games there. Then after a year or two, we make an Xbox port, get the Game Pass bag. For that one, for the one month or six months or eight months, whatever they pay for it. But once they got all the sales out through Nintendo and Sony, it seems like that's kind of like the game plan. Because Yakuza came to Game Pass, but it came like super late. Yeah, it's strange because it comes out. It comes out sounding like a sore loser kind of way of viewing it. Because if you're thinking about just like in an American capitalistic viewpoint, it's just like if people are people have the freedom to purchase what they think is better. So if something mm-hmm. is dominant in the market because people think it's better, why is that an issue? 
It's not, it's not, it's because it's the only choice, right? Like if you have an example of a monopoly or something, you can find an Xbox very easily. You just go exactly. outside. It's not, it's not like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. It's not like, you know, like a fucking internet provider, right? Where the quality is going to suck, but like you don't have options. So you just got to deal. It's not, you have the options. It's just people are picking one mm-hmm. or another. It's not just Sony. Like Nintendo is definitely dominating Xbox too. I would say probably Nintendo's more dominant than Sony. So it's weird that they're even coming at Sony. Cause I would, I bet you there's more switches in Japan than PS4s and PS5s. I would have totally agree. So yeah, it's just, uh, well, I mean, wanted to bring it up because it was a, it's, it's something that would be easy to just pick at an attack. And it kind of still sounds like that is, I guess my viewpoint or how I'm coming at it, but I at least wanted to dissect it to see, okay, where they might be coming from. What are, what are all the cards on the table, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. It comes off as yeah. an accusation, but like that's not a statement. Like that's just an accusation. Definitely. I mean, at this point with this whole saga, I just want Microsoft to fucking just take them. I don't give a shit. Have Call of Duty. It's on a downward slope, anyways. Yeah, that, you can just put yeah. the put the final nail in the coffin. That's what micro. That's what Microsoft does best: buy something and then kill it, and then because they've done that with Halo. They've seemingly done it with Gears. They're going to do it with fucking Horizon, I bet, because all these heads are leaving. You know, they're not going to let the series go out like that. So they're going to keep on pumping them out. So it's just just keep on killing your shit. I actually would like Call of Duty to die. Not I. So I do really like Call of Duty. And this isn't just to be like super negative. But if you think about the the positive flip side, we hear a lot of conversations out of Sony executives and just other people in general that it's tough to make a first-person shooter that they think can compete with Call of Duty, not because of the quality of it, but because of just the sheer audience that it already has captive that will not go and experience other things. And if Call of Duty dies, not just for multiplayer, you'd probably just get a lot of good single-player new shooters in general because they're just going to be more confident to try it. And so I that think- one would be more exciting to me. Like I'd rather have four or five new shooters a year than one Call of Duty. 1,000%. I, I think... Yeah, the, the single player shooter is like a dying breed. Mm. But um, I do think that Call of Duty will eventually die. All good things have to die. And it's so big now that it's probably got has enough has enough of a fan base that it can last another five years, probably going strong. But Fortnite, what they're doing with their like creator mode shit. I don't know if you saw the thing I sent you on Instagram. Like Fortnite's coming for fucking Call of Duty's lunch. And if they bring in first person mode and that shit works, that's going to be better than Call of Duty because they just support their live service games better. It's a better live service game. So I I mean, like you said, I love Call of Duty as much as the next guy I've bought in. Like Call of Duty is definitely the series I bought the most. I bought in over 10 Call of Duty. So I'm totally down. I bought map all the map packs and all that shit. Like it's been a very like, you know, cherished franchise that I've t- taken with me throughout my whole gaming career but i just think it's kind of kind of the end of it yeah i would agree i think that i mean i guess i you you said it pretty pretty perfectly so i think uh well, i think it's just an, just an excellent way to close the show that is an excellent way to close the show i do have one question left though if you want to oh yeah let's hear it let's, let's we have one more question left and then we can definitely close out on this and it is written to us from uh, Keish Too Nasty. What's up, gang? I'll keep it short and sweet. 
What the hell happened to multiverses? The game had promise as a Smash Bros. clone, but fizzed out quickly. Well, so I don't know if you saw that it's closing in June and it's coming back next year. They're, ca- what? they're so they're counting. So, so the full story on this, I was actually reading into this, is a, a great, uh, great question. You said quiche, quiche, quiche too, too nasty. nasty. So, quiche too nasty. To answer your question, it is. I saw that it is closing because everything that's happened so far, they've counted as an open beta. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to close now and then they're going to re-release the game in 24. Anything you've purchased during this open beta will carry over, but you will not be refunded while the game is offline. They said is that. Is the game free? Uh, I don't know, but they said that it will close and then they'll work on it based on feedback and it'll relaunch in early 24. Okay, that's an interesting tactic, but it does seem like it's died off because I also saw reports that the player count has plummeted sure as well. It, I'm sure it has. But it's also one of those things where like it's not an open beta. Mm-hmm. It's a like, game. It's a it's full just, product. It's just a full product. Like we're just making it alongside you. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. I think that yeah, that this game definitely has that vibe because they're literally gonna pull it down and then re-release it. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah, that's insane. But yeah. That was the last question. I think multiverses. with multiverses, it feels like missed opportunity is what I would say. Mm-hmm. It has cool IPs. It picked up the wrong ones. I don't know how the fuck there's not Harry Potter in this game. Like you saw what Hogwarts Legacy is. That's in your fucking that's in your bag. WB. That's literally your probably biggest IP outside of Batman. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know how that wasn't in there. Yeah, I agree. But it was it was a fun time. Multiverses was a fun. It was a fun like two weeks. We were playing as LeBron and fucking oh, yeah. some shitty ass Adventure Time characters. That's true. Is there? And so you were mentioning first person mode in Fortnite. That that's out, right? Yeah, because we downloaded it, but we have we haven't played it. We haven't played it, so we might have to get we might have to get into it because it kind of does look crazy. It looks fun. That's what it really looks. Like. It's like damn, this shit looks fun as opposed to Warzone. 2.0 which is a yeah, some, little barren something new to try something new to try but i well, we can all get into gran turismo and i can see you guys all in vr yeah i do want to do that <laughs> i do want to try that for sure well then when i get the vr when i'll let you know when the vr is and then you can come in and then we can uh we can mm. you know fix the mic audio too while we're there oh yeah but um that's all we have for you folks on this episode of go for bronze We love you. We appreciate you. Share and spread the message. And we'll see you back here next week. The Gopher Bronze Podcast is a production of Gopher Bronze LLC Copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at gopherbronze.mail at gmail.com. Stop with my dreams. You can check out our YouTube channel at Gopher Bronze, Twitch at Gopher Bronze Pod, Instagram at Gopher Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Gopher Bronze Pod. Until next time, this is the Big Dog.